the culture of your home is the incubator of character. You are the only mother that your child has. You're the only father that your child has. You're the only person who can be you in their life, and you have a lot to offer. Isn't the goal of parenting not that we have these 42-year-olds who are still coming home on time and cleaning their rooms, but that they actually leave and we have hardwired them for the virtues that we want to see in them? The thing we all have in common is that we are interested in our kids' future. I know the Parent Network exists to help moms and dads in whatever way you can, when you can, and how you can help moms and dads help their children have the future that God's promised them. Hello, and welcome to the Parent Network Podcast, Episode 72. I am Karen. And I'm Sass. And we are so thankful that you chose to join us today for our podcast. Today we're switching things up a little bit, and we are going to have a conversation with our very own pastor of Family Ministries, Chris Sasser himself, known by most as Sass, and that's what I call him, and if you are a good friend of his, and even if you're not, you are welcome to call him that too. So Sass just finished the first sermon in a series a sermon series called Travel Light, um, where he was talking about something a little heavy, emotional baggage that we all carry, and how we can try to unpack some of those bags and travel lighter. But to be honest, his idea actually first came as a parenting idea. So, Sass, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so if you were a part of the the sermon, then you got to hear a little bit of the story of how this kind of came about. I'll tell it really quickly. So I was a youth pastor for a long time in Raleigh, um, part of a great church, big youth group. And um, Karin worked there at the church as well, to kind of doing middle school ministry. So we got to be a part of a lot of different families. And uh, I knew a lot of teenagers where there were a lot of kids where I'd meet them when they were, you know, 10, 11 years old in the children's ministry in our church. And then they'd go through the middle school and high school into college and they'd become young adults. And so as kind of the youth pastor and kind of one of those figures in their life, uh, when they got to the point where it was time for them to get married, they would, a lot of them would kind of ask me to officiate their wedding, which was super fun. There was this kind of six to seven year period, I think, where Karn, you and I were just a part of wedding after wedding after wedding with a bunch of young adults. It was, it was great. Well, we, we had this premarital process that we would take them through that we had kind of borrowed from a, a friend of mine, another pastor at our church, where we would start that process by having them over to our house for dinner uh, and, and kind of just reconnecting and uh, figuring out what do we need to be talking about for the next you know, number of weeks in order for you guys to be able to, to step into marriage in a healthy way as if anybody's ever really ready for marriage. But I just remember where we would have kind of an initial conversation with them and we would say, tell us, act like you don't know us. Uh, and tell us your life story, your faith story, and your family story. And we would spend a couple of hours with most of these couples, and they would just sort of unload on us uh, kind of what had happened to them in their life. And uh, I just remember when they would leave that uh, I would look at you and I would say, oh, my gosh, they are carrying so much baggage. It's ridiculous. And I was just sort of sad for them, kind of in stepping into this kind of you know, new part of their life that was hopefully super exciting, but that yet they were carrying on these bags, if you will, that they have had no idea what to do with. And so I just kind of started thinking about that. And uh, right in the midst of that, we were having our kids. That's right. And uh, you know, they were two very young kids. But, you know, I did what a lot of people, I think, in that situation do. You kind of begin to project ahead and you think, oh, uh, oh no, like, what are our kids going to be saying when they're in counseling in their 20s? Like, what kind of bags are our kids going to be carrying? Uh, 
and um, just really kind of you know, not wanting them to have all of this, these heavy burdens, if you will, that were on them. And so just kind of started thinking about and mulling on that. And it kind of just, I think, lived under the surface of, of ministry for a long time for me. And then finally, a number of years ago, um, I decided to start kind of doing something else about it because because what I started thinking is, like, what if as a parent, what if as a parent, like, I, I knew kind of what are the kind of the normal bags that kids pack, let's say, from the age of five to 25? And it, it, what if I could, as they were growing up, kind of going through that process of packing the bags, what if I could almost have like a preventive maintenance plan to where maybe they, they just wouldn't have such heavy bags, not naive enough to think that our kids could get to their 20s and not have any baggage. None of us can do that. But but are there ways that we as parents can just sort of pay a little bit more attention to what's going on with our kids and help them not pack these bags? So at some point, I actually started doing focus groups with young adults and college students and just asking them kind of a, you know, kind of explaining the concept and saying, hey, like, what are what are t- tell me about your baggage that you have and and almost like you know we, the stories we would hear with uh, couples that would be going through premarital counseling. I was I was astounded by the uh, the level of honesty that a lot of these really kids had in sort of sharing their baggage. And so um, yeah, I just started kind of writing about it and thinking about it. And and really, what I wanted to create was what are some practical suggestions for us as parents of things that we can do while our kids are growing up uh, in order to not kind of pack such heavy bags. And I'll say this too, like the, the goal for me, the target really kind of became um, that I want for our kids when they get to be in their 20s to be emotionally, relationally, and spiritually healthy. Like like the target for me wasn't for our kids just to be quote unquote successful in the world's eyes where they have, you know, the, the best grades to get in the best school and, you know, all the things that we think are kind of part of the American dream and get the job and you know, marry the right person and have the family and retired. Sure, that's great stuff. But really what I want for our kids is for them to be healthy emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. And so all of this sort of was driven from that. So I had all these conversations and learned about a bunch of bags. Yeah, I think our goal is for our kids to to know and love Jesus. And when they know and love Jesus, then they're going to be walking in a much healthier manner. And I think as you dig in to some of these bags and see what's going on there, you realize that oftentimes they're not finding their identity in Christ and they're allowing things in the world that aren't necessarily Christ-like to play a big role in defining who they are and the ways that they interact with others. So it's a pretty incredible idea to look at things through this lens. So as you were doing these focus groups with the young adults, several themes started to really bubble up quickly, didn't they? Could you tell us a little bit about um, the themes and what have become the bags that you find that oftentimes a lot of children and adolescents, all of us uh, begin to pack from a young age going on up until adulthood. Yeah, so I'll start with what is probably kind of the, the can be, I think, the heaviest one. It's what I call the relational bag. And so there's relational baggage that we pack with people all throughout our life. It starts with our parents uh, when we're kids. And so again, that was kind of the lens through which to look at this. Uh, I don't want our kids to have baggage with me and you when they get to be right. young adults. And so, you know, people pack bags uh, in the relational bag with their parents, with their siblings, with, you know, coaches and teachers, kind of authority figures and, and with their peers in a number of different ways. So, so the relational bag is one that has a number of different layers to it. Um, all of them have layers, but that I've kind of identified those specific layers for that one. Uh, the identity bag, 
where, you know, you, people are trying to figure out their identity and certainly adolescents are right in the middle of that struggle. They're trying to figure out who am I and, and where, how do I fit in the world? Where do I belong? Who are my people? Um, who loves me? Who likes me? Kind of all the things that come with identity. That's a big struggle. There's just a ton of baggage there. The performance bag, um, which I, I feel like I hear from people over and over again. And, you know, again, it starts in school where you know kids are pushed to perform in school and be the best uh, sports. Uh, there's kind of a, a huge layer of performance baggage when you think about socially and the way that these kids have to perform socially, especially with uh, all the social media things that they're on. And so there's the performance bag. There's uh, the rejection bag that gets packed, you know, oftentimes when you get rejected from, you know, you get cut from a team or you're you're not good enough to be in a certain academic club or uh, there's a group of, of, of friends who kind of turn their back on you in one way, shape or form. Kids are packing some rejection baggage. Uh, there's comparison is another bag and how we kind of just are nonstop comparing ourselves to other people and how that that can create one of two things It can create either sort of a real kind of sadness and um, can kind of get us down or it, we can sort of, you know, kids can feel high and mighty if they compare themselves to someone else and uh, they're a little bit righteous in things. There is uh, the guilt and shame bag that um, comes quite often, what, what I heard with young adults is kind of revolved around physical, sexual decisions that they had make and made and choices that they had made uh, throughout their life. There is the authority bag and kind of the struggle with authority, like who's really in charge of me and my life. And obviously, you know, that's a, a parent-child struggle for years and years and years. But I think that translates into, you know, like who gets to define who I am, which relates to identity, uh, who who really gets to have authority in my life and and um, young adults sometimes struggle with that in their jobs and kind of wanting to to sort of be, be entitled to get things that maybe, you know, years ago people felt like they had to work for. There's this entitlement that sort of goes, that wraps into the authority bag. And then oh, the last I'm one. Sorry, I was just going to yeah. say also with the authority bag, I feel like also it plays a huge role in whether or not they allow God to have authority. Oh, over their 100%. Lives. Oh, th that's, yes, for sure. Because if you can't learn that, let, you know, people who you can see and be around have authority in your life. How in the world can you allow this God that you, you can't really see to have authority in your life? So yeah, hundred uh, percent. And then the last one is dealing with disappointment and, and how, how kids have been sheltered in a lot of ways. And one of the examples that I use is, you know, we, we've all heard of helicopter parents, but there's also this, um, this phrase lawnmower parents, parents who just sort of plow the way for their kid. And so kids sort of go through life never really having to deal with kind of real disappointment because parents are kind of fixing it along the way. And then they get to a point when they're young adults and they're like, oh, no, I don't, I don't know how to deal with this. And not only are parents fixing it, but they are doing everything they can oh, yeah. so that the child doesn't even have to face feel or it. feel disappointment in the first place. Correct. So, so the first time they do is when they're you know, young adults are in their 20s and they have no idea how to process that. And so, and, and all of this comes obviously from a faith in Jesus. And, and there's like a ton of encouragements um, that I kind of have started to offer people that are all rooted in sort of faith and, uh, and a desire to have our kids follow Jesus, like you said. Well, if you haven't figured it out yet, um, Sass has been thinking about this for a long, long time. Too long. I can't not think about it. <laughs> and so he finally decided to put his thoughts um, from pen to paper. And he actually does have a book in the works. Tell us the title of your book. Bags, Helping Your Kids Lighten the Load.
I think um, that's going to be the title. That's what they tell me. Yep, yep. So it's it's in the works, and um, you know, his hope is to get it out there just to be able to help parents just think through some of these things to really help their kids. Um, like you said, be healthy spiritually, emotionally, and relationally um, when they get older. So this past week in your sermon, you really focused a lot on the relational bag, and there was a kind of a key phrase that you used to define relational baggage. Can you remind us what that was? Yeah, relational baggage occurs when something from the past negatively impacts the relationship in the present, which probably for all of us covers every relationship we have, right? But, but we really do kind of develop a lot of relational baggage um, because of just the, the interactions that we have with other people in life and, and the lens that we have that we look at those interactions through, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, a couple of sort of quick examples that I gave in the sermon, you know, if, if you have a teenager and, you know, a teenage group sort of gets invited to a sleepover at someone's house, but one particular kid, and maybe this has been your kid, one particular kid gets left out, but yet they watch the whole thing unfold on social media mm-hmm. with all the pictures. Well, there's some relational bags packed with, mm-hmm. you know, with their peers. Um, one of my most kind of heart-wrenching stories is in my conversations and focus groups about this. I remember one young adult uh, female who, who she was, you know, in her kind of early 20s, had a great job, was a part of our church, um, kind of seemingly had it all together, both spiritually and sort of from a worldly standpoint, if you will, you know, she, she just kind of had it going on. And what she said was, uh, my conversations with my mom always revolve around what I do wrong. It's nonstop correction. This is a quote unquote adult, so a young adult who is finding their way in the world. Mm-hmm. And she's got immense relational baggage with her mom that is still getting packed mm-hmm. because every conversation is about nonstop correction. So anyway, there's a lot of examples. I gave a couple of those in the sermon of how we kind of pack those bags, but the relational bag is, is a big one. And um, we definitely would encourage you to go and listen to the sermon because it offers just kind of ways as adults that we, now that our bags are already packed, we might not be able to prevent them like we hope to be able to do with our kids, but there still are ways to unpack them and to lighten the load, to travel lightly. But this is the Parent Network Podcast. So Sass, we would love for you just to kind of share some things about the relational bag that as parents, we can do to help prevent those bags from becoming really heavy for our kids as they grow older. Yeah, a couple of them that kind of come to mind is, you know, number one is um, just give your kids time and attention, which sounds like a no-brainer, but I think uh, we we live in a culture where kind of giving our kids time and attention is uh, harder for us to do as parents. And Karn, you know, you and I struggle with this. I mean, we'll be in a room with our kids and everybody's on a device, including us. And, and it's, it doesn't, we're just not giving them time and attention. We, we may sort of chalk it up to, hey, we're all together, but we're really not. And so as a parent, in order to kind of not pack some of those relational bags, you just got to give your kids some time and attention. And that that's true all along the way. Like, uh, you know, our kids are older teenagers, and, but we needed to do that when they were younger and we need to do it now when they're older. Does um, that keep them from packing like relational baggage with us as parents? Or are you also saying that that could also help um, them not to pack so much with other relationships that are going on in their lives? I think mostly that's kind of uh, like they're, they're smart. that <clears throat> They know when we're actually giving them attention. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more of not packing relational bags with us mm-hmm. to where it's, hey, mom and dad were present with mm-hmm. me. Like they, they were with me in kind of my journey of like, we didn't just live in the same house and mm-hmm. everything kind of worked the way it was supposed to work. 
this is a relationship that that my parents are paying attention to. That they care enough to be intentional about the time that they spend with us and that in that we as parents actually invest that time into our kids that they feel that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Another kind of kind of just practical suggestion that comes to mind that is hard if you have more than one kid. Um, and this is where the bags sort of overlap in some ways. It's just don't compare your kids. Mm -hmm. So there's comparison baggage that, that we all pack for mm -hmm. different reasons. But mm -hmm. for a lot of people, it comes back to the comparison with that, that their parents kind of had between them and their siblings. And it is so subtle at times to where, you know, we, we, we may just want to celebrate one of our kids and say what a great job one of them did, which we ought to do. But what we don't always understand the depth of is what that's doing to the other child who's listening to that. Mm -hmm. Now you could say, well, they should get over it or they're just immature. Yes. And yes, but they're, it's just true. We just need to make sure we're celebrating. Correct. Both. Like you find the strengths in each of your kids or how many ever kids that you have and make sure that you're celebrating them equally, even though what you're celebrating them for might be totally different. Yes. Yes. I'll tell a story. So I was talking to a dad, uh, this is about a year, year and a half or so ago. He was struggling with his teenage son and we just were friends and we were out to lunch one day and, um, it was kind of right when I was writing a lot of this stuff. And so, uh, we're talking about his son. Um, something comes up that triggers in me, maybe some baggage that his son is packing. So I kind of mention it and he, and, and the dad's like, Hey, tell me more about that. So I kind of, we're great friends. I unload a little bit about what's going on kind of with thinking through this concept and the book. And he stops me and he stops talking about his son. And he says, I have to tell you, like when I was growing up, my parents used to always say, why can't you kind of do better in school like your sister? Mm. Because she was sort of the smarter one and I was the more athletic one. And then he said, and they used to always say to my sister, why can't you be more athletic and involved mm. in more things like your brother? Wow. And so I don't know his parents, but my guess is they were just attempting to encourage kind of more well-rounded. He needed to be better at grades. She needed to maybe get out a little bit. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But what I know is he packed some relational bags with his parents mm -hmm. and with his sister mm. because of that, all because parents were kind of comparing. And I think sometimes as parents, we can try to use things like that as tools that we think are going to motivate our kids and I just don't think we're in a culture nowadays where, where it does. And he's in his kind of late thirties. And so this was, you know, 20 years ago for him and culture today certainly is a little bit different. So it's just so subtle. And I think we, as parents, um, we just don't even think about it sometimes, you know, we just sort of plow through these things and mm -hmm. think that our kids aren't listening or think that didn't matter, mm -hmm. but it does. Words count. They or, remember. They do. Yeah. It's, it's also interesting. I was reading this article this morning, actually, it was about, um, it was actually about this study that people who have close relationships with their sibling tend to be happier as they live longer, which I thought was really interesting. But one of the things it was talking about to help um, keep sibling rivalry from growing too much, and they said it might sound counterintuitive, but really it helps, is for parents to spend one-on-one -on -one time with each of their children so that they're getting that one-on-one -on -one attention. But also, like you said, you can kind of uh, one correct them in more privacy and maybe even celebrate them in more privacy if needed. I mean, we don't want to shelter our kids too much that we can't celebrate them right. in front of anybody. Sure. However, there's this idea of just really spending that one-on-one -on -one time with each child. Not only is that good for their relationship with you as a parent, but it might actually be good for their relationship with their siblings as well. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Can I tell a funny story about how kind of when you and I had a conversation about sort of this baggage concept oh, and sort yes. of how... Yes, I know exactly what you're talking yes. about. Yes. So, so, and I just want to encourage parents in this direction because one of the things that I know can happen uh, as we talk about this is parents can, can sort of turn off and not want to talk about this because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, like, dude, are you just telling me that I'm doing a terrible job and I'm packing all these bags into the life of my kids and, and who wants to talk about that, right? Yeah, I mean, that was can, you. Can, tell, I t- yeah, can I tell, yeah, you tell it from your perspective. I'll That'd be great. Yeah, t- I think that might be a little bit better in this in this instance. So, when Sass first started talking to me about um, this idea for this book, I don't know why. Why well, do kind of know why? But for whatever reason, I could not get excited about it. Like he would talk about it and talk about it, and um, I would say to him with my words, "Yeah, that's yeah, great." Sweet, but that's awesome. Somehow he could tell that my heart wasn't 100% in it and honestly it wasn't. It's sometimes it's hard for me to be inauthentic. So Which I'm thankful <laughs> yes, for. Yes, I mean I, I was not doing a good job faking it, Most which often. maybe I should have. Um, but I just like I don't know. I was like, oh, and he's like, and so finally I said to him, I just can't get excited about this book. That's just going to tell me everything that I'm doing wrong as a parent. It just sounds depressing. I'm hard enough on myself as it is. And then he explained to me. So I was, I needed to do like another brainstorming session. And so we kind of get into our, our dining room and I get this huge white kind of board out paper on the wall kind of thing. And I, and I just started telling her, look, it's not that parents are the only ones packing bags in our kids. Teachers pack bags, coaches pack bags, peers pack bags, grandparents pack bags. I mean, every sort of interaction that we have in life has the potential to pack some of these negative bags. And so it was funny to sort of watch the light bulb go off for you of, oh, wait a minute. It's not just about how terrible I am as a parent. It's a little bit more than that. Yeah, it's more about helping you become a better parent for all these outside things that can be affecting our our kids' lives that if we're not intentional about and looking for, we miss. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, not necessarily any fault of our own, but here's some new information that can maybe help us be better parents. Yeah, and I think it's just a lens through which to Mm. sort of look at your, your kids and as they're growing up because, again, you know, we want them to know and love Jesus and we want them to be healthy in you know their life spiritually, their life relationally, and their life uh, emotionally, and 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 the other thing I want to say is like, do I believe that Jesus is bigger than any baggage that anybody packs? Absolutely, for sure. But I also believe that we we play a role in how healthy we can be, mm-hmm. and we certainly as parents play a role in how healthy our kids are going to be in that. And so, just sort of the idea of paying attention to the potential bags that your kids might be packing. I think if we pay attention to that and we practically do things along the way to help them not pack those bags, I think they're going to be in much better shape when they get to their young adult years and and their adult years. Are there any kind of overarching themes or things or ideas um, that parents can do to help their kids not pack bags that aren't necessarily specific to each one of those bags that we could talk about for a minute? Okay, so I think honestly, Karin, that... The best suggestion I have with that is to have this conversation with your kids. So I remember when this was kind of first happening, there was one particular, I think it was, I was writing about the performance bag and I had an example that I kind of started telling a little bit with our daughter and kind of how she might be packing some performance baggage around something that was going on with her. So an, an example from our daughter's lives that you wanted to put in the book. Yes. Okay. And I was kind of, I was, I was talking to our daughter about it. I was talking to you about it. I was talking to our son about it. We, it was just kind of this conversation of some, some performance baggage that she was packing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and this is probably 
four years ago, maybe, um, I went to the father-son camp out with our son. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's two years older than our daughter. And so a little bit more mature and kind of understands. And there was a moment at the father-son camp out where it was, hey, you and your son go away and just have some time with the two of you can talk, pray together, pray for one another. And so just, you know, knowing that he had been in on that conversation and sort of um, uh, kind of talking about it, when it came time for me to share something that I wanted him to be praying for, uh, number one, it was just about this concept in the book and, you know, where that was going. And number two, it was, hey, that that you, I cannot pack that bag in her. And he you said, asked your son yes, to pray for you that you wouldn't pack any kind of performance bag in, in our, our daughter because okay. he knew the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he says, well, dad, yes, but be careful, because sometimes when you're trying not to pack one type of bag, you pack another one. Interesting. So all of that to say, like your question is, what can we do generally speaking mm-hmm. with our kids is help them understand that they're packing bags, right? Because he at that point was 12 years old, maybe, maybe 13. So, and he got it. He like, understood, he the, understood concept. the concept of, oh, there's these, there's these bags that we as kids might be packing and carrying. And it's important to, to, not, to not do that. And so that's what I would say is, is, a, be paying attention to your kids and what bags they're packing, but B, step into maybe talking about it. Mm-hmm. And that may start with you as a parent talking about some of your baggage, which is never easy. One of the things that happens, I've gotten a chance to do kind of a, a seminar for, uh, for parents on this in a number of different settings. And every single time a parent will come up to me and say, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah okay, I understand my kids are packing bags, but I got all these bags that I'm packing that I've never dealt with. And it's like a light bulb for parents. And there's counseling for that. Like get help mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for that if, if you really need it, if it's the mm-hmm. kind of that deep and dark. Um, but just kind of having having the conversation, being able to acknowledge as an adult you have baggage and, and talking about that with your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess if you see any kind of situation unfold in their life, whether it is where they are experiencing a disappointment, whether they're in an argument or fight with a friend or a sibling or with you um that you just make space to be able to have conversations about those things and how that's affecting them and what they're feeling and thinking as a result of it yep i think that's exactly right well i feel like there's so much more that we could talk about we only just kind of skimmed the topic uh, the top of one bag so it feels like maybe this is a conversation that we can continue on another podcast sometime in the future yeah, that'd be fun and i would say if you're a parent and you ever just want to talk about this uh, just reach out to me at the church, chris.sasser at portcitychurch.org, or you can email parents at portcitychurch.org. And I'll, I just would, I'll talk about this with any and everybody. So you'd love to take somebody to coffee and oh, just gosh, sit down, hear please. their story and just kind of pour into them. Cause I feel like anytime you have a conversation with another parent, it also helps us as parents. Like you always glean something from them too. It's always a, a yeah, give and take. For so. sure. Yep. And I will be doing week two of travel light where I'm going to kind of go deeper into a couple of the other bags other than the relational one. So mm-hmm. if you want to kind of a kind of get the bigger picture and understand the relational bag, you can watch week one, but week two will be about another couple bags. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode on the Parent Network podcast. We're so thankful that you joined us. If you um, like what we're talking about and are interested in knowing more about what's going on in the Parent Network here at Port City Community Church, please feel free to follow us 
on Twitter and Instagram at PC3Parents. And we also have a Facebook page, PC3Parents. And we would love for you to follow us there. And as always, we are appreciative of any feedback. And we look forward to you joining us for our next conversation.